Hello everyone and welcome to episode 63 of Beyond the INC. The podcast that prides itself on being grade one listed. It's an exciting time to be a Keen fan. Everything has been happening since our last episode. I really picked a bad time to go on a uh, three-week holiday, didn't I? <laughs> you certainly did, yeah. Um, coming up on today's pod, we thought we'd give our thoughts on Strangeland's release. Predicting where and when the band will be touring this year. And speaking to a friend of the show about their hopes and fears for the year ahead. I see what you've done there, Chris. That's all coming up on today's edition of Beyond the A and C. The secret is out, everyone. Keen's fourth album is to be called Strangeland, and it's going to be released in the UK on May the 7th. The track listing includes Sovereign Light Cafe, which was debuted in 2009, Disconnected, which was showcased live in the US in 2010, and which is going to be the first single in the UK and Europe, and Silence by the Night, which is going to be the first single in the US. So Chris, why is it that Cherry Tree, the US label, have gone with a different single to uh, the UK and Europe? I think they're quite autonomous, the two labels, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cherry Tree is very much um, Martin Kurtzenbaum's uh, baby. and you know, It's fiefdom. It's, it's almost separate from Universalism in living. It's almost like they just do the, the distribution. So, yeah. And he's, you know, very, a very passionate fan and genuine fan of the band. So I think it's probably entirely down to what one person thinks. Interesting. Um rather than, you know, a committee sort of choose sitting around the table and, and making a, a decision. So, yeah, it's just difference of opinion, which, you know, I think could be said, you could say that of all the Keen albums, couldn't you, that you, yeah. could, you could, the single choice is, is never always straightforward, is it? And do you think in the UK and Europe, it's more of a, as you said, a committee decision where people are sort of planning out strategies and trying to grow the album on people with a less immediate first single, um, which will be disconnected? Um or is it just that they think that that one, Disconnected, is going to be better in the UK and Europe to start with? Hard to tell, really, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's really it's really odd talking about songs that we haven't actually heard. Um, yeah. So I think when, when the album comes out and we you know have a chance to hear everything side by side, we'll, we'll probably see where they're coming from and, and, yeah. how, and how the songs are presented to us. Yeah. I think, you know, having different singles is no sort of cause for alarm. The Beatles had different singles in the US, and I think they seemed to do all right over there, didn't they? So I think so, yeah. I've heard of them. Anyway, if you have a look at the track listing, it's on uh, the Key Music website. We won't read it out to you now. But you can see that the two singles are tracks two and three. And we know that Sovereign Light Cafe is a potential single too. It's very uh, poppy so with fans already. Mm-hmm. So you could draw two theories from that, I reckon. Either the album's really front-loaded with all those big single-type songs up front. Um, right. Or like Hopes and Fears, there are loads of potential singles on the record. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, it does feel a bit like Sovereign Light Cafe is, is a kind of centrepiece of the album almost. Uh, yeah, in the way that I said before yeah. that A Bad Dream was the centrepiece of Under the Iron Sea. Well, not so much. I mean, in, in, this is the closest thing we've had to a lead single by, you know, just by virtue of the fact that they played it a, a couple of years ago and, you know, there's obviously tie-ins with the artwork, so... Yeah. I mean, I mean Speaking th- of the artwork... Yeah, I mean, the, the Sovereign Light Cafe is, is clearly about sort of Bexhill and that East Sussex region, and uh, as is the, uh, the cover photograph for their album. Yeah, it features two of the modern blocks named after Caribbean Islands, that line the west half of the parade and it's shot from the shoreline and you can actually see the Sovereign Light Cafe's roof in the shot. Um, what do you reckon about the artwork, Chris? 
Well, actually, for a, such a kind of strange and... <laughs> sorry. For such a kind of exotic title, it's kind of <laughs> quite sort of mundane, really, isn't it? You know, the, it's not really a strange land. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Bexhill, but it's it's really I, uh, not, it's not all that. I've only been there once, but funnily enough, I had a, um, I had a picnic almost on the spot where that um, picture was taken from. Oh. Um, on yeah, purpose it's to be near the Sovereign Light Cafe, <laughs> or just just wandering down the beach. Um, I just want to see what Bexhill was like. I oh, had okay. a, I had a ninety nine from the Sovereign Light Cafe, and it was generously made. Very nice. I'm sure they. I'm sure they're <laughs> gonna, I'm sure they've had a, an awful lot, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, King trade, and, and yeah. that's going to continue for them. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the artwork for me is all part of the package. Um, I think you've said before that it's the an album's not a piece of art to look at; it's a piece of music of which the artwork forms part of it and we've yet to judge the most important part of it don't you think yeah i'm pretty sure that's what i said (laughs) um the artwork for the u.s single uh, silence by the night um features another shot of one of those caribbean blocks um but this time at dusk have you uh got anything to say about that no (laughs) okay (laughs) should we um should we play the snippet that they've put out then yeah go on then (laughs) <laughs> if I am a river, you are the ocean Got the radio on, got the wheels in motion We were silenced by the night But you and I, we're gonna rise again So it's, uh, it's pretty big, isn't it, Chris? And the uh, the song's pretty big as well. <laughs> yeah, we're so childish. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, being less childish and talking about the song, um, that to me is just those. It's a kind of four chord Bruce Springsteen song. You know, it makes me want to put on a, a pair of jeans and get in a truck and drive around and wave my arms around. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's basically what what Springsteen's music was all about. Exactly. It, it reminds me of like another another Springsteen sort of inspired, um, sort of record, which would have been Samstown by the Killers, but but less shit than Samstown was. If you say so. Well, yeah. No further comment needed. I think on on Samstown. But I like the um, I like the really kind of um, sort of the the trebly kind of keys that. I don't know if I can steal uh, a turn of phrase from one of our one of our sort of followers on Twitter. That kind of like plinky plonky kind of sound. Um, so, how do you think it's going to work with the uh, with the artwork? Still don't know. Brilliant, superb. Every time Jesse Quinn wears a ridiculous hat, a small Labrador puppy dies. The first live dates for this campaign, if we can call it a campaign, are coming up this weekend in Bexlancy at the Dillawar Pavilion. Yeah, now I'd assume people attending would be able to hear most of the record. Um, and I guess there are going to be some more singles that will never leave the set as well. Yeah, you your know, bed like sheets. Some, yeah, yeah. somewhere only we know is, is going to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rich has also been talking on Twitter about getting some old songs uh, rehearsed, which sounds cool. I wonder if he means sort of more obscure ones. <laughs> well, see, it depends on your viewpoint, because an old song could mean... You know, somewhere only we know. But it could also mean, you know, the Happy Soldier. They're not going to play the Happy Soldier. They're not. But, you know, 
just throwing that out there. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't expect too much from these two gigs. First of all, I mean, it's just great to have them back. Um, they're only small compared to the big shows that the band have done in the past, you know, your O2s, that sort of thing. Um, and I'd assume that perhaps we'll only get about 70 to 80 minutes at most. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's just going to be uh, bang through about eight songs off the new album, you know, four hits or something, and that'll be it pretty much. Um, I think that's fair enough. Um, after that, the band are going off to uh, to Texas to play at the South by Southwest Music Conference for the first time since 2004. Yeah, now it's it's usually new bands trying to break through that play at South by Southwest, so I yeah. think it's a little bit strange to see them playing. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was unusual when it was announced. The um, I think it's it's probably a sign that this is a them building from the bottom up. It's a not so much starting again, but it's a, you know perhaps a chance to pay dues over again. Yeah, and probably try to endear themselves to people again. You know, the, the cool scenesters who probably thought they were a bit mainstream. You know, get a chance to hear new stuff stuff before anyone else. They they might go and blog about it or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the kids are doing these days. Uh, yeah, so I think I think probably the South by Southwest. The purpose of that is to get a bit of uh, bit of a buzz around yeah, them. Yeah, and I think they also get a chance to redefine themselves as well. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, you know, it, it sort of might attract them to a different crowd and get people talking about them and, and sort of. Like you said, from the bottom up, grassroots and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that attitude extends to the UK tour, which has also been announced and is on sale now. Right. It would have been really easy for them to announce a small arena tour, go back to the O2, do a couple of nights there, um, perhaps the MEN Arena, your SECCs, all that sort of thing. Um, but they've gone back to playing clubs. Yeah, so so just to sort of round up, I mean, the tour begins in May and takes some places that the band have, have played on the way up, including Leicester's De Montfort Hall and the Lee's Cliff Hall in Folkestone, uh, and culminates in two nights at London's Brixton Academy. Um, so that's, you know, fewer nights than they played at the end of the last UK tour in 2004. That's the last UK club tour, I should say. But, yeah. I mean, you make an interesting point. I think it's, it's what, more than seven years since they did that tour, um, that didn't visit any of these multi-purpose arenas. Um, I think the next stage from there, they went and played Alexandra Palace, and then up as far as the O2. Um, so it's very much a, a comeback tour with a real, a, a much lower profile than we'd be used to from one of their tours. I think the idea is that people are going to rediscover them again in the setting that they first found them. Mm, perhaps. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mentioned those three nights at Brixton Academy that they did in 2004. That was really the peak of the campaign, you know, for what was the biggest selling album by a UK band, you know, in, in that year. You yeah, know. yeah, huge. Narrowly, narrowly beaten by the Sisters to the top album in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think we perhaps forget just how successful they were in yeah. 2004. And yet they were playing, what, three nights at Brixton Academy. Whereas yeah. you can imagine a band in that position these days would be able to do three nights at the O2, perhaps. Yeah, and, and just, just contrast that. I mean, they're doing two nights now having not released anything from the from the new record yeah. people are still snapping it up so that shows a, a great deal of confidence not just in the new album but in, in the band as a whole really yeah yeah definitely I think once the songs are out there on the radio these gigs are going to become hot tickets they're still very small venues for a, for a band of their stature particularly if they do have hits out there on the radio and then, if I can stick my neck out here, I think there's going to be a tour of those much bigger venues coming up this winter, November, December time. I think we're going to hear about that in probably around August. So let's cut to the chase then. Are we talking arenas or what, what type of venues do you reckon? 
Yeah, I think arenas. I mean, you know, it, it'll depend, I think, as well, a little bit on the success of the next few months. If they're able to rediscover the success of the Hopes and Fears kind of era, we'll see them back at the O2 in, in the winter. Um, if it doesn't quite work out, they'll still be able to play to a big crowd. We'll see them, you know, Alexander Palace, I mentioned, Hammers of Apollo. Still, there's still a lot of people who want to see them play because they're a very good live band. Yeah, but um, and, I, that, and, I, that, and that should be regarded as a failure. Oh, I don't no, think. I think, I think you know, hopes and fears was a you know once a year type thing. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I as I said, there's um, if the album takes off in the way that previous albums have, then we'll see them back on the biggest stage. And I think it, it makes sense for them to go for a more conservative tour at this stage, see how things go, and then perhaps book something larger later yeah. on. And after that UK tour, I mean, we were checking a little bit earlier about this, but we think there's probably going to be a US tour directly following uh, almost, that. Almost certainly there's a US tour to kind follow of, in June and kind July. Kind of mirroring 2004 again, aren't yeah. we? Um, so th- and we think that's probably going to coincide with the second single over there, which kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe that's why they're leading with a different lead single, if they think the big single is the one that's going to be released when and that will the bands are, in, are, are over there with the tour. I, I can certainly see that. Um... Then, of course, there's the festival slots back in Europe. Uh, so far, we've seen them announced for Pink Pop in the Netherlands, which, although you might expect that to fall in the middle of a European tour, it's actually right in the middle of the UK tour. Um, but, yeah, the, the only summer festival that we've heard about so far is the V Festival. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. So, the V Festival, last time the band were there, they headlined the second stage, didn't they? Um, what do you reckon this time around? I think this time it's much lower profile. It's there's not there's not much to expect. Um, I understand that they're due to play on the days that are being headlined by the Stone Roses and Noel Gallagher on the main okay. stage, not the day being headlined by the Killers. Um, and to be honest, I think it'd be absolutely crazy to put Keen on before the Stone Roses, completely different crowd. Um, so I'd expect to see them on the, the second stage on that day, probably sometime early evening, kind of slot maybe third, fourth from the top. Nothing major, certainly not as big as their slot in 2009. Um, playing for only, I'd say, about 45 minutes or so. Just enough time to bang out the hits and leave people wanting more. And then ready to go home and then buy tickets for the winter tour that I reckon will be on sale just afterwards. I think you have a plan. Strangeland will not be released with a demo CD because all of the guide vocals were sung by Richard. So that's our take on the new record and the tour. But we thought it would be interesting to get a different perspective, rather than us two just going on. So we're joined now by a special guest. Uh, She was the band's Dutch Forum admin for more than five years. She knows the band inside out. Please welcome to Beyond the INC, Marika. Hello. So, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, Welcome to the show. Um, What are you expecting to hear from uh, from Strangeland? It's it's so close now that uh, I think we can ask you that. Yeah, you can. Um, it's definitely, from what I've heard so far, it's definitely something that um, that sounds a lot like Hopes and Fears. So it does give a bit of a nostalgic feel to it That with the songs. I, there is a song that I think it was... Um, Silence, Silence by the Night. Yeah. It does sound a lot like one of the songs from, from Hopes and Fears, I think. So uh, I think it's going to be definitely quite uh, melodic and and yeah 
It's going to make the most of that CP70 sound, that really sort of like deep, rich piano. Yeah, definitely, yes. With maybe a little bit of some, some synths here and there that we've heard from Perfect Symmetry. I think you can hear some of those as well. So it might be a nice mix of all three albums. What do you make of the two tracks that you've heard so far? That's um, Sovereign Light Cafe and Disconnected, assuming you've heard the live versions. Yeah, yeah, I've heard live versions. I, although I do, I can't really remember too much from Disconnected, but uh, Sovereign Light Cafe, I, I, I do like it. Um, having heard some of the recorded version now, I do prefer the live version, but maybe that's because that's the first time you've heard a song. Yeah, well, don't you think it's incredible how the first time the first time you hear a song, no matter how many times you hear it afterwards, no matter how much better that version might be if you'd have heard that one the first time, yeah. the first version you hear is always the most definitive. Yeah, I think it does, does remind me of, I think it was Nothing In My Way. Yeah. yeah it's a similar sort of situation. Because the, the key was changed and it was slightly different. Yeah, even the title was different, everything was. <laughs> <laughs> well, only subtly different, but yeah. I know what you mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, like if, uh, do you know um, Videotape by Radiohead? They did they did a bunch of versions of that while they were touring before they recorded uh, in Rainbows. And it's an amazing song on the record, but I know loads of people who don't like it because it's not the version they heard first. Mm, yeah. I think it's a universal thing that people people do sort of have this, this feeling of... Uh, I think even when you see, see a band for the first time live, that's always going to be the best, the best gig for yeah. you. Best memory. Yeah, definitely. So... Speaking of seeing the band live, are you planning to see them this weekend? Yes. If everything goes as planned, I'm going to see them on Saturday. And um, is there anything that you really want to hear them play? I mean, obviously you'll hear the new record, but any old songs you'd love to hear live? Yeah, I, I do like a bit of a mix of, of the old songs. Like, I, I really still love Spiralling a lot. And I, yeah, just a few songs from Hops and Fears and, and the Iron Sea. Obviously, I know, to me, Spiralling's not really an old song, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but still, I'd like to hear just a, a bit of everything. Yeah. Well, uh, to be honest, I can't see that you're going to be disappointed. No, no, I'm just a regular fan, like you're, everybody um, else. You're from the Netherlands. Are you um, Are you expecting to see them tour again in you know, your home country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, they're going to play at Pink Pop, um, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to a tour. I, th- I do... Th- think that's going to be something like Heineken Music Hall not yeah. like arenas but and not club tours as well it's not going to I don't think we, we should expect them to come to back to back Paradiso the, yeah, the oh yeah <laughs> I'd love to of course Melkbeth yeah. as well yeah that would be great but nah they, they've definitely passed that point yeah so the big question is are you going to be buying Strangeland when it comes out yeah yeah I, I am going to buy it well not not I don't think it's it's I'm not really I'm a bit of a bad fan I, I don't think I'm going to buy it straight away uh, since I do have a Spotify account now and I just I can just listen to anything at any time and I do expect the album to show up straight away so uh, I'm just going to listen to it on Spotify well we're, we're not going to judge you are you are we Chris <laughs> no Oh wow! <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us today, Marika. And uh, I think we'll we'll see if we can have you back after you've seen the band at the weekend, just so we can uh, pick your brains again. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Beard watch.
Good evening and welcome to Beardwatch. Uh, just looking down south for the beard latest, we can see a whiskery front moving in across Richard Hughes, an indication that things could get pretty hairy in the days to come. Now moving on to Tim and the Quinn. Uh, things look quite clear for now, but I think we can expect some movement on the follicle front as we move into Bexhill at the end of the week. And finally, Tom Chaplin remains bald. And that's today's Beardwatch. Oh, that's it for today. But before we go, we'd just like to thank Marika for coming in tonight. Thanks very much, Em. Um, it's a good time to email us, as you might have guessed. The address is mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. And it goes without saying that the Twitter is where all of the action is. Some of it anyway. Our username on there is uh, apparently beyondinc. So make sure you're following us. And if you're lucky, you might even see something on there from Chris. Um, if you're going along to Bexhill this weekend, please do get in touch and let us know what you think. Obviously, you should keep an eye on our Twitter and our YouTube accounts, and uh, I think that's all we need to say there. Enough said. All right, well, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back soon. Goodbye. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>